What's up, everybody? Welcome to the X Button Podcast. And today is, uh, what is it, Thursday? God, I'm losing track of time this week. It's going by so damn fast. Anyways, um, I hope you guys enjoyed the episodes lately. I feel like we're doing a lot of groundwork. We're, we're improving and improving and improving and improving. And I just see the reception coming back, and I appreciate you guys listening so much. Um, today, we are going to be doing the Horizon Forbidden West review. It will be spoiler-free, uh, as you've seen in the title, so no worries there. Don't You don't have to click away real fast when you hear me talking about something. It's going to be spoiler-free. I'm not going to get too too in detail about certain things, um, but I will give you my overall review, impressions, a score, the whole nine. Um, I will say this episode might be a little shorter than typical, simply because of time constraints and and other things, scheduling and all that, you know, um, <laughs> scheduling myself on the podcast. Uh, but it's, it's all good, you know. We're 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 back at it, talking about video games. What more do you want on this beautiful Thursday than just more video game content? Um, yesterday, if you missed it, we talked about Dark Souls and Elden Ring tips and tricks for beginners, which is definitely helpful if you're just trying to get in the game, but you don't know what to do. It can help you immensely. Um, so go check that episode out. If you need help on that, if you want to like give it a try, but you don't know yet, those are some things that can kind of maybe ease you into the gameplay. Um, before that we had Elden Ring impressions, which is even, even more awesome. Uh, had a dope little intro with, uh, I think his name is Godric, Godric, and um, man, uh, I'm in, I've, been, I've been enjoying it this week. It's been a fun week. You know, we have we have great games coming out. It's a great time to be a gamer. We're definitely enjoying a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of games right now that are just like massive improvements on what's come before. And uh, what more to what better to uh, use this as an example than Horizon Forbidden West, one of the premier uh, PlayStation titles coming out this year. That is a pillar currently in the Sony first-party lineup uh, via Guerrilla Games. And it's, you know, it's an action-adventure game, if you're new to it. Uh, obviously, I figure you might be listening to this podcast and not really knowing that, you know, it's a it's a game, uh, let alone an action-adventure game. But it is a action-adventure game where you play as a character named Aloy. Um, in the first game, it is basically, there is a protocol called zero dawn which is basically a system that was put in place to prevent the earth from rotting away and becoming in inhabitable uninhabitable inhabitable hmm uh i know i i know words i'm smart um but basically it is a protocol that is uh a system of bunkers and stuff to kind of propagate life and uh keep life sustained uh while the world is slowly rotting away um, this game is very similar to what you're kind of doing in that one, but there are many different elements that are dropped in like far Zenith, um, which is a, a group of space colonizers that they sent out and, um, you know, they send them out and the ship explodes and that's the last thing they hear about it. Or so they thought, uh, that's not the biggest spoiler ever, but it's definitely, it's definitely in the game and it is a interesting part of the game. I think, I think we should just break this down step by step in what this game does right, what this game does wrong. Uh, we'll talk about certain elements. And I think we should start with maybe the graphics. Um, first of all, one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen. Uh, obviously, I think 
Demon Souls for the PlayStation 5 was kind of up there. Still might hold the best looking game I've ever seen in terms of console game. Uh, and this one is a very, very close second in the terms of the world looking magnificent. The water effects looking fantastic. The the leaves and the shrubbery and the and the and the foliage uh just like blowing in the wind every little leaf you see is just like moving and as you walk through the snow the snow crumbles under your feet it leaves a trail um, if you see little animals rolling around the snow it'll leave a trail with them too like it tracks everything going on there's a lot of stuff going on at one time in the game but it masterfully it masterfully is put together to where it feels like you are in a world and that is one thing i always harp on with these games uh much much like uh spoiler elden ring that uh you kind of get that sense that they are a world you are living in with characters that are inhabiting that world uh some games fail to deliver that um but i think like for instance i think uh, a good example would be the first game i think horizon zero dawn gave you the I think it gave you the ability to take down dino mechs or dino robots via you know bow traps and stuff. It had a story, but most of them were delivered through very uh, bland looking Skyrim esque one on one dialogue points where you're just getting, um, hey, I need this done, thank you, and that's like literally it. Uh, not really many diverse or emotional. Uh, impactful storyline beats going on in that game. But I think the world they kind of set up, it was very snowy. Um, the open areas that were kind of, you know, foresty were kind of not very dense. It, it, it felt just like a generic open world in certain aspects. Uh, still an amazing game. I think the the robot combat saved that. But this is like, if they took most of the things that were wrong with the first game and they just cranked them up, it, it, it does so many things right. That I'm just like, I'm blown away. It, it was, <laughs> uh, and this is a bold statement. It was my game of the year uh, until Elden Ring happened. But it is like an astonishing game. Like it, it is definitely, if I could tie a game of the year, it would be that for sure. And uh, it's unfortunate that this game kind of comes out. I know I got to get back to gra- uh, graphics, but <laughs> uh, I kind of want to touch on this. It's unfortunate this game comes out during a time where um, a bigger, you know, triple A multi-platform game comes out and, and outshines it dramatically. I think we had about a week to talk about Elden or not Elden Ring Horizon, and uh, you would see a couple little things about oh my god, I ran into this robot, and uh, you know, uh, look at the graphics on this, and look at this funny thing that happened, and and it was a lot of a lot of talk around it. Until Elden Ring came out and stole the shine, much like Breath of the Wild did with the first game, you have that here, um, which is unfortunate because I don't think this game needs to be forgotten. I think once the hype for Elden Ring kind of dies down, I think hopefully some of the gaming community will kind of hop back on board and and play this game, um, give it a chance. Maybe if it goes on sale, maybe if you just catch it after you're done with Elden Ring or some other game, or you know, I mean, there's now there's G, uh, GT Seven. Uh, WWE's around the corner for Spoken's around the corner. There's there's so many things around the corner that like it can make your head spin. But if you haven't played this game, I would highly recommend you playing this game uh, because it is it is one of the it is one of Sony's first party 
games for a reason. I think I think they develop. They have good de- good devs under them, like Guerrilla Games, who can put together and they they showcase here that they can put together a very coherent world with a great story. Uh, not amazing, but a great story, um, and and an, and an amazing open world to like live in for a while. And uh, back to all roundabout, <laughs> back to where I was. Um, the world you're in in Horizon Forbidden West is a world. You're seeing things move. You're seeing many creatures. You're uh, sneaking up on, uh, you know, certain certain robots. Uh, you're overriding them. Uh, you're riding a lot more robots, which is awesome. That's one of the biggest gripes I had with the first game. I was like, you only got like one or two mounts, if I remember, or maybe even just one, and that was it. This one is like, you can get all kinds of shit. Um, <laughs> many, 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 many uh, mounts. So uh, that part is awesome. And one thing I really loved about, well, I guess we'll, I guess we'll get to that in a second. Uh, graphics, it's amazing. I think it's a a obviously a 10 out of 10 in graphics it is just a showcase for the PlayStation 5. Uh, if Demon Souls didn't do it, this would be the best thing on the console graphically. Um, astonishing the way they have some of the facial features moving. The lip sync looks perfect. Um, the lighting is insane, especially with the lighting and the camera angles they use for some of the dialogue. It makes it more impactful, and I think that's one thing they do right. It is emphasizing those small story bits that you're not really getting in games like Horizon Zero Dawn, where that was very much like Skyrim. Um, But uh, moving on from graphics, there are many other aspects. And let's go to sound. Sound is definitely a big part of the game. Uh, The music is is beautiful. I love the music. They they play this like really soft, uh, light-spoken or light-sung song in the intro when you're just where it shows Aloy riding a mount and she's just like going off to the West. Um, it's insane. Like it's so beautiful how that moment is captured and it sets a tone for the game. It definitely gives you like this tribal thud to like the title screen. And it is, it's great. Um, but it only improves. One thing I noticed with this game is that you kind of go, as you're walking around, you're going, okay, I hear a big boom in the, in the, in the, in the, uh, distance. What, what is that? You sit there and go, okay, it could be thunder because there are like storms, uh, sandstorms. There are, there are like weather changes in the game, or it could be a T-Rex or I, or I guess it's not a T-Rex, but yeah, I guess a T-Rex, uh, a thunder jaw is what they call them. Which they are just like generic big dinosaur T Rex like robots, and they are just as intimidating as they were in the first game. Um, I forgot how satisfying it was to like actually shoot off parts from those, but um, the sound design, like the purr, the rattling of the metal with every single robot you kind of run up on, it it gives you like a taste. Like it, you you know whenever you're walking up on different uh, animals and they kind of like, like rev up their engines or they rev up like the chainsaws in their mouth or whatever, the, the sounds are different for each robot. And it just sounds like unique every time you're kind of like going up on one, like you'll go up on one, it'll let out like a big roar and you're like, Oh shit. And you'll back up. Um, it's sound design is insane. And then on top of that, you have the chirping of birds. You have, 
uh, waterfalls. You have uh, Plain Song, which is an area in the game where it is a area and it's, it's basically a tribe in the near the middle of the map. And if you go to them, they are harmonizing singing. Uh, I don't know how they did it, but it's like, I guess it's like a chorus of people singing together and it is surreal how weird and like peaceful and beautiful that one town is. Um, and every single place you go to in this game is like drastically different too. So that's, that's, that's a plus, but like plain song is one of those unique ones that definitely stuck out in my mind. Um, but yeah, overall the music is amazing. The sound is amazing. The voices are great. The voice acting is great. You have Angela Bassett as Regala and she does an amazing job. There are, um, obviously you have, uh, Ash- Ashley Birch, Ashley Birch doing, uh, Aloy and she obviously kills it. I think that's probably another reason that the story bits are actually taken in a lot better because they are just like delivering a actual performance this time instead of having to be robots like last time or just like plain voice acting like last time. This one, they are performing their ass off. Same for Zoe, same for Varl, same for uh, Ross, even though he didn't really say anything. Uh, Same for, um, what's that boy's name? I always forget his name. Anyways, um, sounds great. Gameplay. Let's talk about gameplay. Obviously, what you're going to be doing in the game I think that is one of the bigger points that you're going to be kind of, you know, you would want to know about. So the game does improve on the first one. Uh, I think in the long run, though, once you find certain things you stick with in terms of like traps or bow uh, ammunition or um, if you want to just do melee combat mostly, most of that is the same. Uh, But they do have their Valor, I think they're called Valor Strikes um, or Valor Surges that they are basically like special super attacks where uh, you can have certain ones do certain things depending on where your skill tree uh, points are allotted. There is one, for example, in the stealth tree that will give you invisibility until you hit something or you show yourself or until it runs out of time. You can just like crouch around invisible and just like walk right in front of robots and just not be seen. Um, There's also ones that will like beef up your melee attack. There's also ones that will... um, trying to think of like ones I actually did. Oh yeah. One, one helps with like ranged attack, which I did a bunch. I think I used that mainly. And I think that's in the hunter tree. And that's another thing. Uh, the skill points in the game are very vast. They have a ton of skill points and they have a ton of skill point slots and it does not get, it gets to the point where like you can definitely specify what you want. Um, and I love how that's set up and how they're spread out so far. Um, but it sounds like you don't necessarily need to worry about getting them all. It sounds like you don't need to worry about not having enough skill points. It sounds like overall you can get a pretty solid build out of whatever you do from start to finish of the game. Uh, I don't think you need to really go out of your way to get a ton of them. You're kind of rewarded skill points for everything, damn near. And you level up a bunch, so it's not uncommon to get these points. So moving on from that, I think... A lot of people had problems with moving along the terrain, as in climbing uh, rock formations, moving around on the on the horse or you know whatever mount you have. Um, I'd have to slightly agree with the climbing. The climbing issue is not necessarily an issue. Like a lot of people said, it's janky. And on one hand, I agree, but on the other hand, there is an ability where you can click, not even ability, it's just inherently in the 
in the uh, feature itself. You click the right stick to scan the area. When you do, it'll give you yellow lines along rock formations uh, and little divots and little holes to where you can actually put your hands. So it'll be like a little yellow X or a yellow line. And uh, if you do that, you can see where you can you can, you can go. Because there are many times where you can start climbing something and you're like, why can't I go to the left side over here? It's because there's no climbing things on there. There's no yellow lines that will let you allow, allow you to do that. It's not programmed that way. So on one hand, there is a workaround for how janky it is. But on the other hand, it is kind of limiting in a world where other games have done it better. Um, so in, in, in a sense... I could see why people are griping about it, but I also don't think it's necessarily the worst thing under the sun. I think if you're relying on the game being uh, bad at traversal in terms of rock climbing, I I think that's I think that's less of a problem. Simply simply due to it being not a death stranding game. It is, I, although I will say it's a stranding game, uh, which <laughs> I'll say that at the end. Um, but I think overall, uh, you know, the majority of the time you're going to be riding across landscapes with your mounts. You're going to be uh, battling on foot. You're going to be sneaking on foot. Most of the time, you're not going to be worrying about rock climbing. If you do, just click the right stick and you can easily get up whatever you need to get up. Uh, Or you can find like janky rock formations. You can actually just jump up manually. Uh, It does feel like Aloy is still kind of floaty from the first game. So if you jump, you you kind of have that like weird, you can like move left and right midair. weird uh control to it but it is uh it is it is something you can kind of get used to it's not really the worst thing um so i didn't really knock it for that uh but the combat the the knocking off armor pieces off some of these off some of these robots and uh taking down a thunderjaw or a stormbird or uh whatever that stagosaurus one is there are massive and many robots in this game and taking those down or just sneaking up on certain ones and they just do a crazy attack and you're like what the hell is that it, it each one becomes a adventure in itself and i think that's what makes the most you know makes uh makes the game the most exciting is when you're sneaking up on new creatures and you're like i don't know what this does i don't know what it's gonna do but i'm gonna fuck it up and uh you'll sneak up on it and you're like, oh, what are these little things that's shooting out? Oh, it's poison. I'm dead. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's this electric thing. It's going to shock me. I got to avoid that. Oh, oh it's going to do a, bi- a big slam attack. Like, there are many different ways these bosses, or these bosses, these enemies will vary. Um, and there are a ton of enemies in this game. That's another plus that I give it, is that the enemies are vast and wide. And they actually made them pretty unique and added a ton of variations. Like, I didn't, I didn't expect there to be a kangaroo robot in this game but there was and not only was it a kangaroo but it had an attack where instead of having a pouch it had like a ball where its guts are i guess like a big robot ball and it just flings out at you like there you know shit like that is is all over the game there are many things that you can kind of do um in terms of taking down these robots and crafting traps crafting ammo it's all essential and taking down these robots and it's fantastic Uh, i absolutely love it I think that gameplay is what makes this game super unique where you're not, it's kind of like a, a, the thrill of monster hunting, but you're kind of in an open world setting. You're not in a co-op setting and you are, it's like monster hunter, the story, but it's like a single player experience. I don't know how to, I don't know how to really explain that. 
And uh, one last thing I want to talk about with gameplay before we move on is the gameplay for the Talniks, which are the landmark robots uh, that are basically big-ass giraffes that are used to uh, uncover parts of the map as, like, beacons. They have changed. Like, in the first game, you would see one, you climb it, you unlock the map, or whatever. And that's the kind of simple open-world stuff you would kind of find in the first game. This one drastically changes it to where there are... Like, each one is in a different situation. Um, I'm not going to spoil any of them because they are so awesome how they actually switch these up. Uh, I don't think there's one that's the same to another. Uh, I think there might only be one that you kind of, like, slightly climb up and, and, and capture. The rest are in different <laughs> different uh, varying scenarios, and it's awesome how they actually did that. Um, and it feels that way with, like, a lot of elements of the game. It feels like there are many different elements that they are... Uh, expanding on from the first game and that's all you really need in a sequel <laughs> uh, that's mostly what you need obviously you need some innovation and i think that's what they did uh hand over fist in this game but let's get to the last subject of this review and it, it might be my one drawback and it's a story uh, i think the story was okay i'm not going to spoil anything uh you're basically trying to reconnect gaia which is this ai um, that was basically in charge of running, uh, what I would assume to be zero dawn. Um, I'm not sure if they considered it something else. I'm pretty sure they called it that a couple times. Uh, but there are like other elements with like Regala, who is like this warring tribe trying to take over shit and just fuck, fuck shit up. Um, I think I was, I was down for it for the most part. I mean, it's very sci-fi. So if you're not into sci-fi, you might not like it at all. You might just be like, fuck it. Let me go mess up some robots. And that's all I want. But I was enjoying the hell out of it at first. Um, and then it got to a part where it started talking about something called the 10 or something. And uh, the issue this game has, I think, first of all, is that they go very linear and coherent in this game. They, they definitely like make it way better to consume and easier to consume than the first game. And that's a huge plus. Absolutely love it. That being said... It's kind of like Game of Thrones being shoved down your throat um, in a sense that like they're like, okay, here's Gaia, right? Gaia needs Demetrius, Poseidon, and Aether uh, to get back. And you also have Regala, who is mad over here because fucking Plainsong did this and Varl and Zoe. And um, you have the Ten and you have Farzenith and... Uh, there's a lot of mysteries around that and what's going on with this and what's going on with that. I'm just like, it, it got to a point where I was like, I was keeping up up until this point, which was pretty far, maybe like 25 hours in. And I was like, you lost me now. I, I like officially, I'm like, I'm kind of over the story. Uh, they introduced some elements that I'm not going to spoil that I was just like, okay, but these elements are kind of useless or they're kind of not really paid off very well. Uh, it doesn't really feel like they go many places. And I think my thrill that the thrill that I had was for the first half of the game where I was playing it and it felt like I, it's like when you watch a new show or you're like watching something for the first time and you're like, Oh my God, I have so many questions. And it's like, Oh my God, who is this guy? Who, or who, who are these people? Who, who are, who are they? What's going to happen next? There's, there's a lot of stuff going on, uh, a lot of mystery and, certain things don't really get paid off the way I want, I would want. And certain things are just like, okay, like I, 
I get you went that way, but I, you know, all right. I, like I care less now that you did that. Um, so that being said, trying to keep it spoiler free as possible. Uh, my final score for horizon forbidden West for the PlayStation five is what I played it on. Um, and I did platinum the first game, uh, back to, uh, just kind of like clear up some of the history I've had with the game. I do love the games. I think this was a 10 up until the back half of the game, and I would set it at a 9. Um, not a low 9 either. It's definitely a very, very high 9. I think this game deserves any praise it gets. I think it deserves more praise uh, because, sadly, it went from a well-rated game to probably an underrated game uh, with you know other games coming out. And Obviously, you have like Starfield, potentially God of War coming this year. Uh, already Elden Ring like there are other things that might easily outshine this game uh, but this game does many many things to like bring gaming or you know I guess bring you into a modern day action RPG this sets the standard for what some of the side missions should be and some of these upcoming games no longer should we have these the typical run-of-the-mill go do this for me oh thank you Here's your money. Like, that's not what any of the side quests in this game are. They are all dynamic, and they feel like main quest missions. That's another big plus I want to give this game. Uh, so if I did point fives, it would be like a 9.5 or a nine, maybe even a 9.8. But just something about that story has me kind of going, eh, okay. I was excited for half of it, and the rest of it, I was like, eh, didn't pay off for me. But you may think differently. Uh, and on that note, I would say I, it is a 9. I give it a full recommendation um they do a little bit of precursor at the beginning of what happened in horizon zero dawn still recommend going to play horizon zero dawn especially if you wanted to get a feel for the game it is you know very similar in the aspect that you are taking down robot dinosaurs and stuff um you might want to get that under your belt first but uh i also think like if you kind of jump into forbidden west first it does so many innovative things with just how open world games should be that i think it might ruin your experience for Zero Dawn, or you might think it's subpar, um, and it, you know, in many ways it is, but you're, you're going to notice it a lot more if you play Zero Dawn later. But this has been the X Button Podcast. This has been another fun episode. I appreciate all the new listeners. If you guys are new here, my name is Jordan. I love video games. I like talking about them. Uh, my name on Instagram is mystic.maddox. My Twitter is Maddox Mystic, something like that. Maddox Mystic, no space. Um, feel free to follow me on there. I'll definitely, uh, hit you guys up tomorrow with more video game content. I appreciate you guys listening to my review, long winded review of horizon forbidden West and thanks for the support. And I will see you guys tomorrow. Bye guys.